So I, I know you've got a lot going on. But remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening, because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better, because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7. So I, I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7. So I, I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothman back in the chair. And have there been many better weeks for Manchester City fans? Let's just go through it. Beating one of the best teams in the world over two legs to reach yet another Champions League semi-final. Beating Sheffield United at Wembley to reach the FA Cup final. And on top of that, our under-18s were crowned under-18 Premier League North champions for an unprecedented fourth consecutive season on Saturday. On Sunday, our EDS, our Elite Development Squad, won Premier League Two title, making it three Premier League Two crowns in a row. And our women's team move within three points of the leaders after a 6-2 win against West Ham. And there's only four games left in that competition. Also, did you notice Arsenal have dropped six points in the last three games? So the Premier League is back in City's hands. And just for good measure, City have just put in that planning application to further improve the Etihad Stadium, increase the capacity, new hotel, new fan zone, you name it. What an amazing time to be a City fan. And to, to discuss that and much more, I have three guests. Welcome to John Stapleton. Hi, John. Hi, fellow. How are you doing? Good to see you. And welcome also to Lisa Rabinovitz. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Nigel. And also to Stato Paul Denby. Hi, Paul. Good evening, Nigel. Good to be here. Listen, Paul, kick us off. I, I did say, so what a time to be a City fan. Yeah? It's fantastic. You can't ask for more. I suppose the only thing we can ask for is to win the treble, but it's uh, it's fantastic to be in this situation coming into late April, where we're still in with a chance of three trophies, and the under-18s, under-21s winning their trophies, which is great for the future of the club, even if only one or two, they get some good money on them. Maybe more will make it. We, we don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Um, and effectively, it's just fantastic with the stadium expansion as well. I know a lot of people are saying, why are they expanding when they can't even fill the current ground? It doesn't matter. It's planning for the future. And at the end of the day, we as city supporters, we don't care whether we fill the ground or not. We're just there. We're keen supporters. We've got a fantastic fan base and we'll be there through thick and thin. John, uh, you go back slightly further than some of us on on this show. Everyone, everyone. All right, then, go on, then. I'll, I'll give you that. Then you do. You go back further than anybody. It's, has it ever been as good as this? I mean, you and I will both, as Sato will remember, the late 60s, early 70s, which is yeah. probably the closest to them. But this is the best it's been, isn't it, surely? 
It is because we're, we're more involved, aren't we? Because of all sorts of things like the media in, media involvement, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, the late 60s, the, the days of, of Summerby Bell, et cetera, et cetera, and Youngie. Fantastic days, wonderful excitement. But we didn't have the we didn't have the involvement as we do now. I mean, what an end to the season. Imagine, you know, Arsenal on Wednesday, you know, when we could actually not secure our place as, as top of the Premier League, but certainly got a long way to doing that. Two games against Real Madrid, you know, and then Manchester United in, in, in the FA Cup final. I think that on just for the Prawn Sandwich Brigade on Wembley Way, they should erect a sign saying, Welcome to Manchester. Uh, because, you know, <laughs> we are now the epicentre of, of European football. Uh, the city is the epicentre of European football, and there's no greater champion of that than potential champion of that than Manchester City. We've done extremely well, and the kids doing well also. Fantastic news. I'd like to talk about the crowd or lack of it at Wembley a little bit later on. And I agree with Paul completely. Yeah, who cares whether it's absolutely chock-a-block full or not? Expansion is the key thing. Sure, we're a big club with big ambitions, and you know we'll fill, we'll fill that stadium. No, no worries. A wonderful time to be a City fan. I walk taller than sure everyone does. Uh, let, let's start with let's finish. Sorry, with with the youngster Lisa, who, who's only just at a nap. Is um, <laughs> in in comparison to us anyway. Uh, Lisa, brilliant, isn't it? Your your young son must be enjoying it as well. He he, he must really. Be, he's a, how old is he now? He's three. Um, he he does he has commented he wants to come to Manchester City with me. I'm I'm not sure he's got the attention span for it yet, but it's good to know that he's interested. No, but I mean we, I went to Wembley with my nephew who's eight, and it was his first trip to Wembley. And I, <laughs> this is how you know you're not a youngster just out on up is when you go. In my day, I <laughs> I was 19 before I first went to Wembley, and that was for something. Slightly, although I hesitate to say this because I actually think it was probably the most significant trip to Wembley that I've been to, um, it, but slightly less um, prestigious trip to Wembley. Um, but, you know, I was trying to explain to him why we were there and where we were and, and what a playoff final was. And, you know, these are things he has never had to think about and hopefully never will. Um so yeah, it was uh, it's interesting to see this new generation coming through with a completely different lens on on being a city fan. Can, can I start with Wembley because John touched on it and I, and I let, let listen. Let's start with this ridiculous situation of fans from Manchester and Sheffield travelling down to Wembley um, at ridiculous expense when we could easily find a ground in the north, uh, a neutral ground where it always was. You know, were you in the whole 10 in 1981? I was. What a, what a fantastic experience that was. We just love neutral grounds and semi-finals, and, and then it makes the final more special. So so I, I, I'm sure we'll all agree. But let's just expand on this a little, little bit more. John, just kick us off, because you raised this issue. This, yeah, well, I, I know Wembley, they've got, a, they've got the prawn sandwich brigade, haven't they, in Club Wembley that have sold their seats. We know why we have to do it. But there must be a way of changing this and coming up with some deals, surely. We can't carry well, on doing this. Well, I think we're all paying the price for the ludicrous sort of cost of Wembley Stadium and the delays that took place, and we're all, all paying paying the price for their inefficiency. That's why the semi-finals are held there. But it's utterly ri ridiculous that two teams from the north of England have to come down to Wembley for a, se a semi-final game. Wembley, a place I call Rip-Off Central. I mean, you know, £8 for a pint, £8 for a pint and a pint, or for a pie even. Ridiculous charges. £30 last time I tried to park my car there. Even more, I gather now. For a family, you know, a family of four, it's a huge expense. They could have saved a fortune had they held out at Ellen Road. Even Old Trafford, dare I say, you know, that semi-final. Uh, it's it's crazy, absolutely crazy, and it, it's outrageous. And it, 
These people who say, oh, another example of city fans not turning up. Come on, get it. Forget it, you know. Where were the empty seats? Certainly after half-time, they're in all, all the privileged seats, all the people staying in the bar, staying at their tables, having a, a long lunch or whatever. Our, our section, I think, was fairly full. Sheffield, you know, I don't blame Sheffield fans for not turning up. We're, you know, think about the times we're living in, a time of economic, not quite recession yet, but not far off, when things are tight for everybody. And, you know, people just can't afford three games in a week. It's, a, it's too much money. It's crazy, absolutely outrageous. Paul, Paul, what is the answer? Because John quite rightly said, look, we're, we're fixed. I made the point about Club Wembley, they've sold the seat sponsorship and so on. You know, they're committed to holding so many games at Wembley and so on. What Have you have you got a, a solution for us here? How can we kind of keep that, keep them satisfied, but at the same time just be more pragmatic and sensible and think about the fans for once, not just the sponsors and, and, and the money boys? I, I guess the issue is what is the contractual position of Wembley Stadium having to host the FA Cup semi-finals? I, I obviously haven't a clue. But you'd have thought, as John suggested, whether they can pay their way out or buy their way out of that. Having the semi-final, as we suggest, as has been suggested, whether it's Old Trafford, Ellen Road, Anfield, doesn't matter for um, City v Sheffield United, could Villa Park, maybe it doesn't quite hold enough. But there's plenty of grounds up north that could host that match. And then they have to come to some financial compromise with the, with the people that own Wembley Stadium. I don't know how that works. I'm not fully, well, I've got no view of the contractual situation. If I did, I might be able to come up with a proposal. But it's, it is ludicrous because, uh, as John said, it's, it's cost an absolute fortune. I dread to think what the FA Cup final price are going to be. I paid £65 for my semi-final ticket. It was a good seat. But effectively, I think that was the, you know, the, the cheaper ones were £45 and that, the people can't afford it. There are people that I had friends in Manchester that I can't afford to come down to London for that game and then come down for the final as well. So they, they said, I'm giving this one a miss and they hope that we get to the final and I'll I'll come down for that one. So it's a real dilemma for fans and I, it's particularly when they've got all the costs of potentially bringing in families as well. And then the costs at the ground were horrendous. I refused to buy a drink in the ground, but I bought one outside. I went into a pub beforehand. And even that, they were charging £8 a pint because they know they've got you. It is it's criminal. Lisa, you, we want to talk about the game as well. You got a quick comment on the whole situation of neutral grounds to semi-finals and, and rip-off Wembley? No, I, I just completely agree. I don't think I really have that much to add. I, I, I think it is ridiculous. And But what I, what I particularly dislike about it, I mean, obviously, I really don't like the amount of money people are being expected to, to spend. But it's the people commenting on it, the people, many of whom are in much more privileged positions, who think, who, are, who are making a point about, basically trying to make a point about the lack of City's fan base. But the point they're really making is people can't afford it. This whole thing about fan base, I don't, couldn't give two hoots about anyway. I mean, I just care that I'm sitting, watching a football match with people who care about my football team. But, and, you know, there could be three of us. I really couldn't care less. But to, to try and make some sort of point on, on social media that gets you likes and retweets, whatever it might be, over something like this is in really bad taste. Um, so that's the other side of it that, that is completely unnecessary and really doesn't help the real conversation that needs to be had about it, which is that people can't afford it and it's a ridiculous situation. Stato, let's talk about the game. Listen, professional performance from City, 
clearly clear favourites against a championship side, but they've had a good season and, and I hope for them and their fans that they do get promoted. Obviously, I think it's pre- pretty clear that they will be. Uh, mathematically, it's not secured yet, but we know they're going to make it. Um, your, your thoughts on the game itself and, and, and one particular Algerian's performance? Well, I thought after the first minute when um, they had that big chance that perhaps they should have scored, they didn't threaten the goal at all. I don't think Ortega had a proper save to make after he made that one in the first minute. We controlled the game without dominating it in the first half. We didn't create too many opportunities. But once we got the penalty, which Morris dispatched brilliantly right in the corner, fantastic penalty. Uh, always got my doubts when Morris steps up to take a penalty because unfortunately he has missed, let's say, one or two. I think it's more than that. Um, the second half, Sheffield hardly got a, 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 any play at all. And the goals that Morris took, the two goals he took in after that were just brilliant. The way Holland and Alvarez just pulled the defenders apart. They didn't know where to go and they sort of, uh, like the parting the Red Sea for him. And he just wandered through there and took his goal very well. And then the third goal, I thought he took brilliantly as well because Grealish played it through to him and he, he just latched onto it and hit it. And, and it was a brilliant goal. Outside of those three goals, he did he did okay. I'm not saying he didn't have a good game. But he was he was in the right place at the right time and took them very well. Um, so yeah, very very good performance, and that's what we hoped for before the match started. Because then very few, I think only two players ended the game having played ninety minutes that are likely to be starters on Wednesday night: Akanji and Laporte. And let's be honest, Laporte is probably only going to play because Ake is injured. So that, that, that's that's a bonus as well. Your thoughts then, John? I thought thought it was extremely well managed. I agree with Paul. You know, slightly nervous when they had that chance in the first couple of minutes or minute, 20 seconds, whatever it was. But City don't panic in these occasions anymore. We manage the game extremely well. And for, you know, well managed by Pep as well. I mean, to leave on the bench, uh, KDB, Diaz, Stones, Rodri and Edison, the goalkeeper, and still have a team that can beat Sheffield United. Okay, a championship side, but they're going to be a premiership side almost certainly, as you rightly say. So they're, they're going to be competition for us next year. I thought it was extremely well matched. And one thing I would like to say is a word about LK Gundayan, because I thought, you know, he, he played a blinder yet again. What a start that man has been. I think he was one of the first people, if not the first person, Pep signed when, it, when Pep arrived. He was injured when he arrived. We didn't see much of him. Will this guy make it? He's been a brilliant player for Manchester City. If he's going to go to Barcelona in the closing, I'll be very sad indeed, because he's on and off the pitch. He's done Manchester City's great credit, and he can do anything, play anywhere. And don't forget, you know, but for his two goals in the last game against Villa at the end of the season, we might, we might not have won the Premiership last season. Fantastic player. And he, I thought he made a major contribution. Uh, obviously, Maris got the man of the match award, obviously he did, because he scored three goals. But overall, a very, very solid performance, very reassuring, and gave, gave all, certainly gave me great confidence for what lies ahead. Uh, Lisa Stato made the point about Maris didn't do much about other than scoring the three goals. We we often say that about Haaland as well, don't we? In some in some games as well, not in all, but it does happen where he kind of doesn't have a huge impact. But when the opportunity arises, he hits the back of the net. And, and that second was it the second one where he literally sort of nicked it just inside his own half and travelled the length of the field. Yeah, albeit that um, other players took defenders away. I mean, in fact, I, I think he took. Uh, I think he played brilliantly. Actually, I thought he had a great game. He, he did play well, and honestly, I kept thinking he was going to pass it. And he just kept going and going, and I'm like, he's going to pass it to Haaland, he's going to pass it to Haaland, and then he just put it in the back of the net, so that was fine. Um, I think, really, if I'm being honest, this is just the way I felt about the match. I didn't think it was the most exciting match I'd ever seen in the world, but I think 
given everything that we've got coming, it was very well managed and we did the job and that's all you can really ask for. I think what Paul's saying about it not being, uh, that Mara didn't really do all that much, I think you could probably say none of them did all that much. They just all did what they needed to do. Um, and back to Gundogan, I mean, uh, you know, I think he's the epitome of a Pep Guardiola signing. He is off, I'm, I'm talking about off and on the pitch. I think he really is the kind of blueprint for what Pep is looking for in a player. Um, and so the fact that he was his first signing, I think, is, um, was, was a, a sign for all of us to see the kind of players that were going to come after and, and I've seen it written and talked about a lot that he's the one player that people talk about as being a future manager. I'm not talking about being a city manager here, but in terms of manager material, yeah. um, he's got all the qualities, hasn't he? And his English is very good as well, which clearly helps. But uh, yeah, what 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 an asset. And uh, he often goes kind of below the radar as well, doesn't he? He's not a flair player particularly, but he, uh, he has such an impact on so many games. I, I agree. Uh, just something else, Lisa, just to in, sort of put into the mix. We had three lads... Uh, who were on the pitch at one point, who were all been with City since under, all City fans, all been with City since under eights. So you had Phil Foden, Cole Palmer and Rico Lewis in an FA Cup semi-final, in sky blue shirts, uh, getting City to, to a final. Um, and we were talking about how great sort of the EDS and, 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 and the junior sides are doing at the moment. I mean, that's that's something as well to celebrate as well, I think, isn't it? No, absolutely. And hopefully, I mean, obviously Foden is well established in the team and... and- <laughs> And Lewis has had a good few opportunities this season. Um, I just hope that all three of them can continue along that vein and, and maybe a few more will come along the way. It's, um, it's always difficult because when you bring other players in um, from outside, um, I, I guess the, pers- the, the kids in the EDS have to be, have to be something really special. Um, but it should give all of them their hope that there's the opportunity if they've got what it takes, essentially. Um, and and hopefully that, that that will continue for many years now. We've established a good a good way of doing things and all the teams play in the same manner and, and that that ultimately is is the goal, isn't it? That there's no that the transition is is not as difficult um because they've all grown up playing the same way. And John, we know who we're playing in the final. How how do you feel about that? The first time ever that uh, two teams were with the title man with their, their name Manchester in their title I know this and certainly not from both from Manchester we won't go there this week but uh, first time that's happened in a final at Wembley how do you feel about that well slightly anxious as we always are again against the old enemy uh frankly um but I think you know all right they they, they won at their place this season but I think we are a very cool considered well considered calm team now and i think that um we, we defensively we've come on leaps and bounds this year certainly in the last few weeks we've hit form at exactly the right time and irrespective of whether or not we beat real madrid i think we can take on united at wembley and and win um they they are fragile or can be fragile and i think we can expose that uh, every, everyone in our team seems to me to be uh, in in good shape barring injuries and barring any major setbacks of that nature I'm confident we can win the FA Cup. I think we're also going to win the Champions League. I didn't at one stage. I've changed my mind now. I think we're going to win the Champions League as well. But we think probably exactly the right time and everyone looks spot on. And just on the lads, it was, well, I think somebody on, a guy called Paul on Twitter today said, are we, are we concerned that you know, so many kids come through the 
through the system, but so few of them make it into the first team. Well, it's not ideal. Obviously, it's not ideal, but it's great to see three of them on the pitch, as you rightly say, at the, week, at the weekend. And, you know, City is doing football a service in, in training these kids and putting them into a position where at least they can play for a championship side and get a good living out. Look at the two lads at Sheffield, Howard Ellis at Blackburn. You know, all at Southampton, four of them at Southampton, I think, three or four of them at Southampton. It's good for football and it's good for them. They're getting a good good living out of it. So it's, it's slightly frustrating for them, I'm sure. But on the, on the other hand, uh, good for football. And when we do go to Starlight Foden, good for City as well. We'll talk about uh, the other competitions in, in a second. Uh, Lisa, your thoughts could have been Brighton, of course, when it went to penalties. Uh, were you hoping for Brighton or are you relaxed either way? Are you sort of in John's camp? We've just got momentum. We talk about momentum in football all the time. Just, just got the momentum at the right time. We're cool. We've got Pep. It's in the bag. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Um, oh, come on. You know me, Nigel. Relax. Um, no, I was not happy um, that it's United. I um, couldn't think of anything more revolting. I will be a mental and physical wreck. And I re- remember how, I mean, how I felt when we played them in the semi-final in 2011. And I, I don't think I stopped shaking for the entire match. I know I hadn't taken any substances of any description. And it was horrendous i know that the at that point the the meaning was possibly greater because it was an opportunity to get to an fa cup final which had never happened in my memory um and and so i think that probably contributed to it but the thought of them being in the way of anything is is unpleasant do i think we can beat them of course i do we are the favorites in that match there is no doubt about it i i don't think many people will disagree with that but that doesn't make me feel any better about it it is something i would rather not have to endure and i will be enduring it i doubt unless we win seven nil that i'll enjoy it very much how do you feel about it paul pretty much the same i wanted brighton to win because i didn't want to face them in the final were the overwhelming favourites. Um, the bookmakers have given odds of four or five to one against um, the team from Trafford. That's quite long odds, really, in a two-horse race. Uh, it doesn't mean to say they can't beat us. We know football is an element of luck in it as well. I'll be a nervous wreck for probably a few days before leading right into the cup final and on the day, unless we are like 4-0 up with 10 minutes to go. Uh, I, just, um, I just hate derby games of significance. I was a nervous wreck 
before we beat them 1-0 in 2012 when um, Vincent scored that winning goal that took us towards the league title. And any tight match against them, I, I just I don't enjoy it. I will I'll go, but I won't enjoy it unless we're four 0 up in ten minutes. Let's let's talk about the Champions League. Uh, I want to finish with with the league and Arsenal and, and this massive game that's coming up on Wednesday. Uh, to beat one of the best teams in the world, as I said in my introduction, four one on aggregate, Paul, is quite a performance. And I know your lads; they travel home and away. They were away again at Bayern, I think. Uh, they they travelled and, and they were there. Um, what what a fantastic performance to to go there, uh, just concede a late equaliser, but but say over two legs to win four one against one of the best teams on the planet. Yeah, I thought it was the, obviously the first leg was the one that set it all up for us. Where it was an absolutely, I know you've talked about this before. Every player was on an eight or a nine or even a ten out of ten in that in that match. We came under some pressure in Bayern. They, they didn't have concerted effort, but they they put us under pressure. They put us on our back foot a little bit. The pitch, I didn't think, helped us at all. It was very wet. Players were slipping. Um, but we got that penalty. We don't want to go. I'm not talking VAR at all. That wasn't a VAR decision anyway. But effectively, had Haaland scored the penalty, it would have changed the emphasis of the match very, much earlier than it did. But as soon as we went 1-0 up in, in that second leg, I, I relaxed because that effect was 4-0 with about um, 25, 30 minutes or whatever it was to go. So I was relaxed at that point. But by an RF, they've they're like Real Madrid. It's in their DNA to win these trophies. So we put one of these teams out, Bayern Munich, great team. Let's hope we can do the same against Real Madrid in a couple of weeks' time. Difference, I think, this time around is the, the away leg is first. And if we can get some sort of result there, our form at the Etihad has been, uh, I'm tempting fate here, but it has been very, very good. So I like to think we can get a, a draw out there or something better would be brilliant. Um, who knows? We could be uh, going to Istanbul on June the 10th. Uh, Harlan missed a penalty, Lisa. Just thought I'd mention that just in passing as well, in case uh, it's miss lost in the mist of time. But uh, that was quite something. Uh, but but at the end of the day, it was uh, a, a good, solid, professional uh, victory over the two legs. I think if you're going to miss a penalty, that was probably the time to do it. Um, and I actually wasn't that surprised he missed it because the one he'd taken in the previous match wasn't convincing and then everything in the build-up to this one was a, was off-putting, I'm sure. And yeah, like, hopefully that's that out of his system and we don't have to talk about it ever again. Um, but yeah, sorry, I can't remember what the second part of the question was because... No, just the, just, just the performance. It's again just a beating, beating yeah. a club like Bayern over, over two legs, really. And uh, I, I, I think there's an element of me just... Even though we've had all the success we have had, when things like that happen, I still can't quite believe it that that is my team doing that. Um, and I, I think actually I'm glad that I feel like that every time because it reminds me how privileged we are. Um, and it, yes, it's an, it was an incredible result. Um, and we just need a few more of those. That's all. Not much. And John, I'm leaving you to the end because you said something interesting where in previous shows, and, and it's great to have you on as a regular guest, you've talked about, nah, you didn't think we're going to win the Champions League. You always want us to win the Premier League anyway, dominate your domestic competition, you always say. Yeah. Uh, but this time you've changed your mind. And uh, what is it? Did we obviously Real Madrid and then either Inter or AC Milan in the, in the final? They're no mugs. This is not Sheffield United with the greatest of respect, as they always say, to Sheffield United. Uh, what's changed your mind, John? I just think that we're in such a, a great run of form, and everyone looks competent. No one's, no one's slipping up. No one's, you know, 
not coming coming away from any game saying, oh my God, if only, if only. You know, we, we manage these games so well these days. And I cannot believe we'll, you know, I, I'll never forget the Real Madrid saga when, you know, 2 0 up with two minutes to go and we still lost. I mean, speechless like everyone else after that. I mean, utterly speechless. That can't happen again. I mean, that can't happen. I know, I know they're a good team. They dig in, they never give up, but that can't happen again. And particularly bearing in mind the away, the away leg is first. I think this time around we'll, we'll, we'll get our wreak our revenge. And the, the Italian teams, to me, on paper at least, don't pose any serious threat. I may re- regret those words very uh, in time to, time to come. But yeah, I, I think we're in, I, I think we're in with a better chance this time around than ever before. So fingers crossed. And kick us off then on on the Premier League. Then I sort of touched on the fact that yeah. Arsenal have drawn their last three games, and uh, the position now is obviously they've played two more games than us. They've played thirty two. We've only played thirty. They're only five points ahead, and of course, then we of course we play each other on yeah. Wednesday night. What a game that is going to be! What that, what a game! Uh, that is going to be absolutely absolutely amazing. Uh, couldn't agree more. Um, astonishing match, uh, which could well determine the outcome. And um, you know. Fingers crossed, it's, it's in our favour. I think Arsenal have, have, have hit a, a bad patch, basically. They look wobbly, you know. They look wobbly, they, they, they look shaky. They've not got this... Even though we've got a smaller squad, I don't think they've got the strength and depth that we have, to coin an old Jimmy Hill phrase. Uh, and I'm, I'm fairly confident that we can do it. I, I think it'll be tight, very tight indeed, uh, on, on Wednesday night. But I think we can do it. And if we do that... Well, then my only nightmare is you know, falling down to someone like Leeds United, which is would be so classic city that well we don't do that anymore. We don't do that anymore, do we? We don't do that anymore. That that won't happen. Of course not, Paul. Will it? I can see Paul agreeing. Do you agree, Lisa? It's not going to happen, is it? I mean, I'm coming to you because you can <clears throat> always take that slightly more pessimistic, more realistic view of life when it comes to city. Anyway, it, it's a funny. I, I can't believe I'm actually going to say this, and it's going to be on record for everyone to to beat me with. I have felt bizarrely relaxed this season. I think it's not just been the same kind of intensity as when it's been Liverpool we've been up against. Um, there's a lot of nastiness that seems to come with it. And, and I really haven't enjoyed that so much. I felt very relaxed, even when we've been quite far behind and have never said this, but I still thought we were going to win the league. And it's not usual for me to be the person saying this. So now that it actually is in our hands, I'm getting nervous again. Um, If we win uh, on Wednesday night, then then I will have much more confidence. Whilst it's not the be-all and end-all, a draw wouldn't be a disaster for us, I think winning it will take the pressure off those kind of ridiculous situations where we end up losing to Leeds or Everton or whoever it might be, because we do have that in us. Um, but I think it, that's even more likely to happen if we don't capitalise on what I think is possibly an advantage in the mentality situation at the moment. The difference in our mentality and Arsenal's at the moment is clear. And I think we need to just go for it on Wednesday and try and get at them early and quickly because if we were to build up a lead like Southampton had the other night I would like to think that we would hold on to it better than they did um, and I, th- I think if you can get to Arsenal quickly and be clinical then then they, they do struggle with that. Paul, surely with the momentum we have City are favourites now aren't they? 
You, you'd say yes on the basis that momentum is positive for City and negative for Arsenal. They've dropped six points, as you say, off, off the last three games. Two games of which they were two up and let the opponents get back to 2-2. Um, and we are on a winning streak, Bayern Munich aside, in, in the draw, but it was a winning draw, effectively. Um, and we've got a fantastic record at the Etihad. We do need to win it. We do, a draw wouldn't be a draw would be okay, but a win would give us that little bit of a buffer as we get really tight up with all the matches we have to play, because we've got every week till the end of the season it's midweek and weekend games until the last game of the season. So effectively, I like a little buffer there. By beating them, we'll be two points behind with two games in hand. Um, one of those games in hand comes the week after when we play West Ham, and they don't have a game that day. So we'd like to get a, a little bit ahead. I'm, I'm jumping ahead here, but I really think we need to win on, on, on Wednesday night. Uh, but a draw is not a disaster. I, I just hope we can get it over the line, show them who's the best. I think the psychological impact of us winning as well will be quite dramatic because their head... They, you, I, I saw the picture of their heads at the get, end of the 3 all draw on Friday. A lot of them were just sunk to their knees or heads in hands. You could tell it had really impacted them negatively. So I'd like to think that come Wednesday evening at the end, end of the game, there's a few more of them with their heads in their hands. And um, they've, they've had a great run and, and they're a good team. But I like to think we're just that little bit better and we've, we've done this running before. We know what we've got to do. and We've got players who can just take us over the line. I, I hesitate slightly when I reflect on Liverpool kind of at this stage last season where people were talking about the quadruple and City are now, sorry, people are talking about City and the triple. John, is anything short of the triple going to be a failure then, do you think, in terms of Pep? Absolutely, and, uh, ab absolutely not. No way. No way. It's been, a, it's, you know, we've had, we've had a good season. We've had some wobbles like Notts Forest, you know. Uh, we've had some wobbles like Brentford. We've had wobbles. But no, it's been a very, it's been a very good season. And I think almost no matter what happens, that it will go, it will go down, in the, in, certainly in my memory, as that, you know, the Pep's managers brilliantly, the team have performed above expectations in many, in many ways. We've got a regular team now. We know our first 11 now. It's a shame about Aki. I'm a bit concerned about Aki not being there because I think he, you know, all right, Harlan has scored all these goals, but Aki is certainly our most improved player, not the player of the season, frankly. It's been fantastic for us. But, you know, it's, it can't be go down as a failure. It's been uh, great to watch, great to be a part of, and once again, a privilege to be a Man City fan. But Lisa, if we don't win all three, let's just just play this game for a moment. Let's say we lose against Arsenal and we don't quite capitalise and, and they see themselves over the line. Stretford win the FA Cup on penalties, dodgy VAR decision just to keep Paul happy. Um, and of course, the Champions League, it's a knockout tournament and we just fall at the last hurdle. Um, that's a bad season, isn't it? For Stop, City? It. Stop it. That's a, but that's a bad season, though, isn't it, if that happens? I mean, it's it's not ideal, especially because that would mean that United finished the season with two trophies. Um, I I don't. It's it's very difficult because obviously that's all everyone will talk about is that that is a bad season, but and and the record books will show it to be a nothing season for City if that were to happen. But I like to think that those of us that matter will realise that you know, considering what we've done over the last few seasons to be still doing that now I mean if you look at our opponents over the last few years what's happened to them this season I, I think it, it goes to show you just how hard it is to maintain this level for so long and still to still be talking about three competitions at this stage and to quite frankly be favourites in all of them 
Probably, apart from, you know, I think Real Madrid obviously will probably be some people's favourites. I, I think is um is phenomenal. Um and I, I, I'm sure I will be absolutely devastated if what you suggested were to actually pan out, but um I still love this season, I still love what they've achieved, I still would never want Pep to leave ever. Someone please nail him to the floor. Um and you know, I, I you know I don't want to think about it happening, but we'll we'll cross that bridge if we come to it. But I think let's focus on a treble. I believe is what we call it. All right. Um, well, before before and, we do that, and let's get everyone let, can hate us for it. Indeed, let's get Stato's view on it as well. So I've just I've just given you that scenario there, Stato, where we don't quite get over the line at all. And actually, could you describe it as a really disappointing season if we win nothing this year? Personally, I would be a little bit upset, but it's not a it's not a failure of a season because effectively to get so close in three tournaments is is fantastic. It shows what a club we are. The only reason I think that we could possibly it could happen. Let's not be on. Let's not beat about the bush. Is is that we fatigue? <laughs> we are in the FA Cup final with a better team. The league running, it's in our hands at the moment. So assuming we get a result, a draw or a win against Arsenal, it's still in our hands and with a better team, I think, just marching against Arsenal. And the Champions League, we are the favourites. Now, that doesn't mean very much, but even against Madrid in the semi-finals, the odds are that City will progress. So, yes, I'll be disappointed, but it will not be a failure of a season. So let's have your prediction then. So this triple of which you speak, um, I need a zero, one, two, or three from each of you here. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Stato. Zero, one, two, or three. I don't. You don't. You, you, three. You're going all three. Okay, Lisa. Three. Wow, John Stapleton. Three. I love you all. Nigel Rothband. Three. Absolutely. <laughs> I, bet, I bet you never thought I'd say that. I didn't. I'm amazed. And of course, it's just what, as I said, as I said at the start, what an amazing time uh, to celebrate all of this stuff that's going on both on and off the pitch. Um, we look forward to discussing it more in future weeks. Huge thanks to my three guests, to John Stapleton, to Lisa Rabinovitz and to Stato Paul Denby. This is Nigel Rothband saying thanks for listening and we'll talk to you all very soon. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, Check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. So I, I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, Get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7.